Blog Talk Radio. And welcome aboard. My name is Tom Marquis El Presidente. Here we are again, Saturday morning, and the world of sports awaits us. I am your captain, and I will guide you through the crazy world of sports over the next 90 minutes ish or so. And uh, we've got a lot to break down as this is a big weekend for college football. College football championships happening. As far as division championships happening, the Big Ten Championship here in Indianapolis, where we're located at, uh, high atop the Balance Studios in the west uh, suburbs of Indianapolis, uh, certainly going to be a big game, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, and standing by the Balance Green Room is Evan Jimidin, our Super uh, Browns fan, Ohio State fan, our college football co-anchor, uh, and all around just great dude. Rick Reagan called in sick today. He must have that new variant. It's called the hangover variant. Uh, I, I don't know. I have no facts to base that up. Also, uh, coming up later in our NBA segment, uh, Tony Donahue is going to be joining us, and Adam's going to hang around and talk some NBA with us as well. Tony uh, Donahue from the Tony D Podcast, our official NBA contributor, joins us. And then Ed Kratz, <laughs> he had his booster yesterday. He does not have a third arm, so all's good in there. And we're going to be talking about uh, the, well, the playoff pictures as it's starting to come together uh, for the NFL. My name's Tom Marquis, El Presidente. 917-889-8516 is our digits. Stick around. It's about to get good. National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. 
Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got it's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Piquet, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what, actually, I'm, I'm just gonna order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. playoffs, 
but there's certainly going to be a New Year's Day bowl game, and they are certainly on the verge of being in the playoffs in, in the next year or so. So I know we still have one more slot to get to, and we'll get into the, to the rankings here in a minute and, and play the scenarios, but do you really think this was the best for uh, uh, Coach Kelly to make a move to Louisiana? I'm, I mean, I, I kind of thought it was a dumb move myself. Uh, LSU is historically impatient with their coaches, and they're paying Kelly a lot. And if he doesn't come in and start winning immediately, uh, they're going to they're gonna get antsy with him. And it's not a roster that's going to compete immediately. Um, I, I thought this is, this is basically Kelly getting his last uh, contract before retirement because with how college football works, you know, it was a 10-year, $95 million contract. He just turned 60. I would be shocked, honestly, if Kelly stays through four years of that deal and then gets fired and then makes the remaining while sitting on his couch, you know, probably like Cabo, um, making money off those LSU boosters for staying at home. Well, I, I don't good. think he's going to – this is a retirement contract, plain and simple. Well, here's my thing. Especially if he got him to the playoffs, he could have done the exact same thing with Notre Dame. Like you said, LSU is historically impatient with their coaches, and he's okay with that. So now he's going to still get paid from Notre Dame. I, I don't know how they worked out. They didn't see all the contract stuff, but I, I, I'm assuming that LSU paid off his contract. So he's still getting that money. He's getting the money that he already had coming from Notre Dame and has coming in. in let, let's face it, he's not he's – not, going to be in the, in the homeless shelter anytime soon just by staying at Notre Dame. I, I don't know. It just kind of felt like, you know. I, well, it, it, but, Tom, I don't think he would have got that contract from Notre Dame, frankly. I don't think Notre Dame would have paid him nine and a half million a season. The, big, the bigger question is, does he really need that to, to go into his afterlife, if you will, as you put it? Well, does he need it? No, but if somebody's going to offer it, are you going to turn it down? Yeah, that's the reality. Like that's that's the question that that even Ohio State fans are asking ourselves is right now Ryan Day his contract pays him about six and a half million annually. If the Chicago Bears say come calling with a twelve million dollar a season offer sheet for him, man, you might like Columbus a whole lot. But if if you go from six and a half million to twelve million, that's a that's tough to turn down, you know? So it's now granted, this is all conjecture, but that's the point is Kelly was making about, I think four or five. And now he jumps to nine and a half. I mean, that's one of those things where, and, and, and no matter what, he's going to see that money. So does he need it? No. Do I think that he made a mistake legacy wise by doing what he's doing? Yeah. Because now he's just going to be another dude. He'll, he'll, he'll have been a good coach, but I think we'll kind of look at him in the Notre Dame history books, considering he never won a championship, never was, was – didn't really win bowl games often. Um, he'll just kind of go down as another, like, good but not great coach, whereas if he would have stayed with the talent he has coming in, he had the potential to go down in that, like, with that kind of reverence that Lou Holtz still maintains. Obviously, you're never going to be – you know, right. Newt Rockney or anything like that, but you'd you'd still he'd still kind of has a had a chance to be on that Mount Rushmore of Notre Dame coaches, and the way he's left 
That ain't going to happen now. Yeah, totally agree. Well, let's talk about what he left. He left a, 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 a team that has a shot to get to the playoffs. Marcus Freeman, the new head coach, first of all, the first thing he's got to do is to make sure that he keeps his recruits intact. Because any coach, Brian Kelly, whoever it might be, insert name here, and we'll talk about it in a second here with Lincoln Riley, when when a coach leaves and they go somewhere else, they have a tendency to drag their recruits right along with them. Notre Dame definitely needs the recruit. How does Marcus Freeman keep that from happening? Well, a lot of it is Marcus Freeman was the lead recruiter on a lot of their big-name recruits. Valid point. Um, it's kind of well-known that Brian Kelly historically doesn't really like recruiting. He always has his assistants do it. Like, he'll go in and do the in-home visits for the big, big guys, but that's but that's not super often. I, I think Freeman, <clears throat> what Freeman's going to be able to sell is continuity. Hey, guys, you signed up to play at Notre Dame. You didn't sign up to play for Brian Kelly. You signed up to play at Notre Dame. We're going to run the same defense. We're going to run the same offense because he was able to retain Tommy Reese, an offensive coordinator. Uh, so we're just going to be better next year, especially with, you know, you, Mr. Recruit, in the fold. So I, I think that's – I don't think that's going to happen – Versus what we've seen in Oklahoma, where those recruits are committing to Lincoln Riley. Uh, it's, I, think it's, I just think it's how the university and how their program has presented itself and pitched itself. So let's talk about Lincoln Riley. Obviously, leaving Oklahoma to go to USC. USC has, uh, you know, not been the big coaching job that it was when Pete Carroll was there. Uh, but Lincoln Riley goes to USC. We know he's going to take some recruits. With him. We, we don't really have time to break down all of those ifs, ands, and scenarios of recruits that are following. I've heard there's been some pretty uh, big uh, recruits that, that were going to come to Oklahoma that are now going to USC because they're already in California. And they were making that move from California to Oklahoma. So it was kind of an easy opportunity for them to stay in California uh, so let's talk about Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma and going to USC this week. News. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Lincoln Riley going, this is the, this was, I've never seen anything like this before where you have Lincoln Riley going from Oklahoma to USC. And then obviously Kelly going from Notre Dame to LSU. Like we haven't seen kind of coach coaching from major programs at this level before. Um, Lincoln Riley I, I don't know what to think about Lincoln Riley. He's a great offensive coach, but he hasn't been able to field the defense in Oklahoma his entire time. And it has nothing to do with Oklahoma because Oklahoma is a, is a typically Oklahoma, Texas is a defense rich state. Um, and it's not like the Pac-12 is playing defense any differently than the big 12 is playing defense these days. Um, I don't know that frankly, some of this is Lincoln Riley probably trying to avoid the SEC. He knew in two years Oklahoma was going to join the SEC, and he was going to be in the same division as Texas A&M and Alabama and potentially LSU, and he was looking at it going, I don't want any part of that because he knew, frankly, he was capped out at how good he could be. Could he be much better at USC? Probably. I mean, he could, but you're still talking about a dude that took – you know, several teams to the playoffs. Now they got boat raced once they got there, but that's also on you and how you build the defense. Um, we, we have seen in, in through, through different interviews and things like that, 
defense does not get the same attention at Oklahoma that offense did. And so is he going to change that? I don't know. Seeing as how he brought almost his entire offensive and defensive staff with him to USC, I think what's going to happen is he'll win a slightly better clip. But basically what Lincoln Riley was at Oklahoma is what Lincoln Riley will be at USC. Well, here's he'll the just thing. get to live in L.A. now. You know, Oklahoma, I mean, obviously there's, there's pros and cons of living in L.A. and, and, and living in, in Oklahoma. Uh, but, again, USC's not been a, a, a major program since Pete Carroll's been there, so that's been a while. And currently, Oklahoma State is certainly one of the uh, – I mean, I'm sorry, I said Oklahoma State, I meant Oklahoma. Oklahoma is still a very dominant force in the Big 12, and the Big 12 is becoming more and more dominant. I, I kind of think maybe he, he, we were talking about how uh, Coach Kelly just kind of wanted to go off into the pasture. This may not be his retirement contract. But maybe he's tired of feeling the pressure that he feels of Oklahoma that he won't feel at USC because he does have that rebuild time. Was it a good move? Do you give it a passing grade for Lincoln to to leave Oklahoma and go to um, USC? I, I mean, I I while I think that for Kelly it was about the money, I 100% know for Lincoln Riley it was about the money. He's making 11 million a season. Um, and then the stuff they negotiated, he gets lifetime use to USC's private jet whenever they want. Um, he, the, the school is going to buy him like a $6 million house in L.A. They're buying his two houses in Norman for $500,000 above listing each. Uh, this, was, this was a money grab for Lincoln Riley. And, again, you make that kind of money, you got to start delivering and delivering quickly. I don't know that Lincoln Riley doesn't see that contract through. Well, the clay, blah, 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 blah. The playoffs, don't talk to me about playoffs. The playoffs are here. The college football playoff shows tomorrow. Uh, we'll know who's in, who's out. we got one more uh, slot to fill, but let's kind of talk about how those scenarios come. We do know that the committee – uh, and we've got some games to talk about, too. Uh, but we do know that the committee likes cha- uh, divisional championships. There is nobody represented in the college playoffs at the moment from the Big Ten. Uh, thank you, Ohio State, for that, right? No. <laughs> did, I just, did I just poke the bear a little bit there, Adam? I, I did want to give you a chance. Well, to, no, to, I mean, to, right, right now, but, and, and, and they, they earned it. I mean, right now, that team up north, is slotted at number two. If they just beat Iowa, they're going to be the number two seed in the playoffs. You know, that's a, that's a great uh, lead-in because that's the game, one of the games I want to talk about. Obviously, the Big Ten Championship going on right here in Indianapolis. It's always fun to be downtown uh, doing these championship and NCAA uh, games and go to the, uh, the bars and the restaurants and, and just, you know, a lot of times there's bars that will say, hey, I'm a, a, an Iowa bar, we're a, <laughs> we're a Michigan bar. That team from up north, um, um, Michigan, as, as, we, as we would like to call them, or you would like, or somebody would like to talk about, I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, but uh, let's talk about this game. Because Iowa, I felt like the reverse happened with, with Iowa. So you look at the, the history this season with Michigan. Michigan didn't start off so well, not so hot. Iowa started off really hot. In fact, we were talking about Iowa possibly having a spot in the playoffs. That's not going to happen now. But let's just say for giggles 
they do beat Michigan. What happens with with the uh, the college football uh, predictions at that point? Playoffs. Well, I think I think a lot's going to depend on what happens in Atlanta too between Georgia and Alabama. I, I I've watched Alabama. I listened to their game against Auburn in the Iron Bowl. They're not they're not one of the best four teams. They've kind of lucked their way out between Auburn, LSU, Florida, and Ole Miss. I mean, how they didn't lose one of those games is incredible. Um, I think Georgia's going to take Alabama to the woodshed today. So what that would do is that would solidify Georgia at one. And then the other game that's interesting is Oklahoma State Baylor. Yep. So if you go Ohio – or not, excuse me, not Ohio State, Oklahoma State. If Oklahoma State wins, I think they're in no matter what. If Oklahoma State loses, let's just say – I, the, the ultimate chaos would be Georgia winning, um, Iowa winning, and Baylor winning. In that scenario, you would have Georgia and Cincinnati are the only two locks. Beyond that, I think you would have Notre Dame get in, and then the third team would be everybody's best guess. Could it still be Ohio State? Could it? Would it still be a two-loss? Um, that team up north. I don't know. We've never had a two-loss team make the playoff before, but we've also never had a scenario where the, the committee didn't have an option. Um, mm-hmm. with where the rankings sat last week, if that happens, I tend to think Ohio State might get in, and I, I don't really know how I feel about that. <laughs> like... <laughs> Primarily because so you're saying there's still a chance. I am, but at the same time, I'm also Mm -hmm. saying like, man, we would go in playing Georgia after, um, and and it was the perfect storm for us to lose the game. But I don't really know. Now, do I think all three of those losses happen? No, I think one of them will come to fruition. Um, I think one will one will happen. I think the most likely upset is, frankly, Baylor over Oklahoma State. I, I don't think Alabama's offensive line can stop Georgia at all. Um, and then I, I don't think Iowa has enough offense to win that game either. So I'm looking at it. My one through four most likely scenario is um, I'm thinking it's going to be Georgia – that team up north, Cincinnati, and then Notre Dame. And there you go. Let's talk about Notre Dame. Rick's not here, so we're going to have to do our best to fill in for him. Uh, But the Irish have even less control of their fate than Cincinnati because Notre Dame doesn't play this week. I don't think they do. Could be wrong on that. No. But keep in mind, but but keep in mind the college football rankings do not operate like any like the top 25 poll. If a team ahead of Notre Dame in this week's ranking loses, that does not necessarily mean that the team will fall behind the Irish. In fact, it's guaranteed that Georgia will not drop uh, this far. I think, again, like you said, the only team that we know for sure, or at least one of the teams that we know for sure, is uh, is Georgia going to be in, in there. Uh, so, you know, the, the Irish could still possibly get there with, with one loss among – Three uh, in in Alabama taking a big loss. Let's talk about that Alabama game uh, today. That's going to be a huge, huge shakeup in the playoff tree 
What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I mean, I mentioned I don't I don't think Alabama's offensive line can block Georgia. Uh, Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle for for Georgia, is just he's a game wrecker. Um, he's just been doing it all season. Um, and as the season has progressed, um, Stetson Bennett is getting more comfortable game by game at quarterback for Georgia. Um, they've got their typical, uh, you know, solid running running back room. Their wide receiver room, though, I'll be honest, is, is terrible. Um, so if Alabama can keep it close, it would be if they can get a lot of pressure on Stetson Bennett. And then they're going to need a couple probably like fluke plays in the Alabama passing game from Bryce Young, probably through the air to Jamison Williams. Like just, you know, so he gets free um, and then takes it, you know, a long, a long touchdown is what it's going to take. I just don't think Alabama can consistently um, is going to be able to consistently generate offense uh, against Georgia's defense because that Georgia defense is, is really freaking good. Well, the good thing about with Georgia, win or loss, they're in, so they don't really have anything to lose. But I, 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 I agree with you. I, I can't see any, a path for I think, Alabama I think, to win I this think, game. I think they have everything to lose because they go from the one seed to probably the the, the three seed, and whoever well, that matchup against that matchup against the three is like while they're in, that is proven to be the hardest game. To win the hardest slot to win from is the two three slot because that's usually a much tighter game than the one four slot. Let's talk about another game that we've talked about in passing, but let's just kind of uh, break it down here. Uh, Houston at Cincinnati. I don't see this would be a big this would be a, a a chaotic game if if Cincinnati loses because Houston's not going anywhere if they win per se. Uh, but it, it could very well. Well, it probably would boot them out. So for that, that said, it, I think it would be a good ball game. But I just think Cincinnati. I've seen, I mean, I see, I've seen them how they played all year long. Seen how they played against Notre Dame. I don't see that they've got anything that's going to shake up Houston at all. Uh, so I mean, that I don't Houston. I don't think Houston has anything that's going to shake up Cincinnati at all. So uh, I'm going to roll with Cincinnati on this one all the way through. Oh yeah, I, I I think Cincinnati probably wins by two to three touchdowns. I, I just think Cincinnati they play with such a relentlessness every down. Um, they want it all year, and they want the shot to prove that they belong. Um, and and Luke Fickle, um, long time Buckeye, um, I is a is a has turned into a really great coach. Um, and I would love to see Cincinnati in the playoffs. Um, so I, I think Cincinnati gets it done. I would be – that's actually the one game that I feel the most secure about is Cincinnati over <laughs> I don't bet, but if I did, that's where I put my money. Hey, you know, let's, let's, let's take an obvious pick here, but do you, do you agree with me that Michigan will beat Iowa today? Yes. Okay. Enough said about the team from up north. <laughs> so they're in. Could we agree on that? Yeah, I, I think yeah that that would that would put them at the two seed. Like I said, I think we're looking at a Cincinnati versus that team up north matchup in the playoff, which I will be rooting my heart out for the Bearcats. 
Real quickly, before we uh, move on to NBA, and I know you're going to stick around with us for NBA, uh, but it's certainly a, a, just another a championship uh, series, and then that's the ACC. You look at Pitt and Wake Forest. Wake Forest has all the weapons to beat Pitt, although this could be another upset game. This is not really going to play much in the factor of the, of the college football playoff scenario, but it certainly does uh, uh, give you, uh, you know, if you're an ACC champion, that's, that's, uh, you've got that. But Pitt has, has it, but Wake Forest, man, they, they, are, they are good, good, good. Yeah, Dave Clawson has Wake Forest rolling, and Pitt's really getting by on, on picking at quarterback, um, making making big plays, which he's done for the most part all season. Um, I, if you would have told anybody at the beginning of the season the ACC championship game would have been Wake Forest and Pitt, I think people would have laughed at you. Uh, but, you know, I, I think this is one of those things where both of these programs have a chance to kind of take a step forward. Um, and, and seeing, you know, can they start to put together some consistency to consistently challenge, you know, Clemson for um, conference superiority? Because if Clemson, you know, keeps on taking these steps backwards, the ACC is looking at, like, staring into mediocrity just square in the face. And, and I think that's what they're looking at. So, I mean, I, I don't have any preference on this game. Um, I, I've heard, like, some d- different speeches and talks by Clawson in interviews. I, I think he's a pretty good dude. I'll be pulling for Wake Forest today. Um, but, yeah, it, it's not going to have any impact on the playoff, but it will definitely impact the, the near six matchups. So, Well, absolutely. I mean, I wish we had time to break all those down. But the good thing is we do have some time uh, to, uh, to get to those New Year's games, as we wish most definitely be talking. Tomorrow evening, 5 o'clock, college football uh, show, of, uh, right, uh, football playoff reveal show, I guess, uh, uh, is is there? Are we going to be like picking our jaws up on any team that gets in, or we just pretty much know? Yeah, yeah, I'm a, knew that was going to happen. Knew that was going to happen. Is there any jaw dropping uh, re- revelations that's going to happen tomorrow afternoon? I don't think so. I, I think, I mean, again, barring utter chaos today, I don't think so. I, I think we have a pretty good idea. About there's there's probably five good options um, to get in, and we have a good idea on who those five are. I think the mm-hmm. only jaw dropper would be if somehow Ohio State squeaked in. That would be the only. I mean, as an Ohio State fan, I would have my mouth on the floor. So, <laughs> I, think, I, think I bet you would. would I bet. Adam Jevidan, our college football co-pilot, a super Browns fan, super Buckeyes fan. An all-around great dude joins us. We're going to roll right into the NBA segment here in just a, a moment. Tony Donahue from the Tony D Podcast uh, joins us, our official NBA contributor. All of that on the other side right here on the Balance Radio Network. Maybe I'm foolish, maybe I'm blind. Thinking I can see through this and see what's behind. Got no way to prove it, so maybe I'm lying. But I'm only human after all. I'm only human after all. Don't put your blame on me. Don't put your blame on me. Take a look in the mirror. What do you see? Do you see it clearer or are you deceived? The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. 
In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I can't believe it. I've been playing 4 on 4 with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Morning face. You get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. Ow, they're one of my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. All right, welcome back to The Balance. Thank you, Adam Jividen, Super Brown fan, Super uh, Ohio State fan, all-around college football uh, co-anchor for us today. Rick Riggin is sick, and he, he says he's sick, so we're going to say it's uh, the hangover variant, which a lot of people might be having if you're hanging out in downtown Indianapolis as the Big Ten Championship, the big game between Michigan and Iowa today. We talked about that. But joining us now is Tony Donahue the Tony D podcast. Tony, I know you're here in Indianapolis. Have you made it downtown to the college bars this weekend? Yeah, it's it's a, it's a it's a good mix of Iowa and Michigan fans downtown, which is obviously great for the city when you have two really good fan bases that are going to travel well within a within a driving distance for the Big Ten championship tonight. And then, um, you know, tomorrow night all the bowl games come out, and we'll know. You know, it, the four teams that have a chance to play for the national championship that will be here in Indianapolis at the end of the month, next next month. Very, very exciting. Obviously, I think everybody believes that Michigan's going to win that game. That's probably going to boost them to a number two seed. Again, uh, playing the cards out they will, there's still a, a chance that uh, that uh, Notre Dame gets in, depending on what happens. They don't play today. So a lot, a lot of scenarios can happen. I don't know that there's going to be a lot of chaos. The jaw-dropping thing is somehow – Something came together with chaos today, Tony, that Ohio State got back into the playoffs. That would be the biggest chaos, jaw-dropping thing that comes out of tomorrow. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, first starting with Notre Dame, it's been, a, it's, been a di- it's been a difficult week. Obviously, Brian Kelly leaves, so then they, then they make mm-hmm. another hire immediately. I'm not playing in a, 
conference championship game doesn't help them, but sometimes it doesn't hurt them either knowing that, you know, teams like Alabama and Georgia are playing each other. Cincinnati has to play a really good Houston team who's ranked 24th, um, you know, and Michigan's right there. Oklahoma State's right there knocking on the door. My assumption is going to be that Georgia wins today, which eliminates Alabama. Michigan wins. Cincinnati wins. There's your top three in in Georgia, Michigan, and then and then, it, then like you said, it, we we could see some chaos. But I think if Oklahoma State beats Baylor, Alabama loses. Oklahoma State will be in. Now, if Oklahoma State loses to Baylor, does that push Ohio State up there? Would Notre Dame maybe have a chance if Oklahoma State loses? Um, you know, we know that Notre Dame can't have Alabama win. If Alabama wins, they're in, and they're not gonna they're not gonna knock Georgia out of the top four. So, um, yeah, we do need chaos if Notre Dame wants to get in. Uh, but I, I, I just don't see it happening. Georgia's way too good uh, to lose today to Alabama. Yeah, and I, I think you're absolutely right about that. Moving on to NBA, Tony Donahue, Tony Deep podcast, joins us, our official NBA contributor. We always like to start here on our home court, uh, and that's the Indiana Pacers. Pacers fall four straight uh, when they when they lost against the, the Heat. Uh, one could say that the uh, Heat put on the Heat to the Pacers. Do we have anything to worry about with the Pacers? I guess that's just a very simple question, but maybe the answer is a lot more complicated than that. Yeah, I think we do. I, I think with the Pacers all the time, and, and even the Colts, and maybe it's a soft media market here at Indy, but there's always these excuses of injuries, and they haven't got the playing time together. Um, you know, Demonis Sabonis didn't start last night. He was literally in the starting lineup. I don't know if he had to run back and use the bathroom or what. Uh, a lot of people, including myself, thought that he might be traded because of that. That's usually what happens if there's a late scratch like that that nobody knows about. It's because a trade has gone down. Mm-hmm. Luckily, that wasn't the case. Um, there, there, there's huge concern. Um, even if, even if TJ Warren comes back, there's still concern with this team. Malcolm Brogdon is not worth the money that he's being paid. Miles Turner continues to be soft. Demonis Sabonis is, is, is the he's got to lead the league and not getting a, a foul call. Um, Duarte is going to have growing pains, and I can be patient with him. I get that. Levert's got to be better. These guys are just not living up to. Uh, the expectations of, 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 of what they had last year and, and the year before. You're on your third different coach in three years. You're paying two different coaching staffs. Uh, you're paying Carlisle staff, and you're paying Nate Bajorkard staff from last year. Um, there's a huge concern. This team is not a playoff team as of right now. They have a very tough month of December, albeit a lot of games at home. There's, there's a lot of concern here. This, this, this team's not good. I don't, I don't know if it's Rick Carlisle. I think I told you this when the, when the mm-hmm. hire happened. I like to hire. You bring back somebody, a veteran coach who's won a championship. That's great. They won a championship 10 years ago, and it was kind of a different breed of NBA back then. My question was, if these rumors were true that he wasn't getting along with Luka Doncic, why was that? Luka is a, a generational talent. I mean, you, you talk about – top five best players in the league right now and Luca is there and you don't get that often as a coach so why can't you get along with this guy um was certainly a concern for me um this team's not good right now uh the, the bench quite isn't there I mean Keelan Martin's giving you good minutes but if you're relying on Keelan Martin who is a guy that you know wasn't even a star at Butler you know he's just he's just a rotational guy O'Shea Brissett Wanamaker these are just guys these you know Corey Craig. These are just guys. These are just NBA guys. They're not. They're not going to go and get you a bucket. They're not going to get a defensive stop. They're just rotational players that you could literally plug anywhere 
off a bench and be fine. The best teams in the NBA right now that are firing all cylinders, Phoenix, Golden State, even Milwaukee, even even the Nets, they have players off the bench that could be starting elsewhere in the league. So you have to have a bench or you have to evenly spread out the minutes for your starters that you at least have two starters on the court at every time. And that hasn't been the case with the Pacers. And it's been it's been very tough tough to watch. Talk about the Nets. I mean, Kevin Durnett was on fire against the Timberwolves. I mean, 12 of 13 free throws. I think he scored a total of 30 points. Uh, but uh, they, they barely got off the win, the Nets did. But, I mean, Kevin Durant, as, as a player, he's just on fire right now. Yeah, I mean, that whole team, you know, when you think about it, they were to get Kyrie Irving back. And, and, and the concerns have been, is there enough shots for those three superstars and Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving? But they've got good role players and, 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 and guys like Joe Harris. And, you know, even – even um, you know, there, there, there's even guys that just come off the bench that can score for you at will um, that are good players. And, you know, that that's a team that's going to run the East right there. I mean, it's the Nets or the Bucks in the East. I don't think anybody else is going to challenge. I mean, the Heat have injuries. They come in last night depleted and still beat the Pacers without Jimmy Butler and without um, and, 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 and without Bam Adebayo. So, you know, even Blake Griffin's playing good for the Nets. I mean, they, they've got guys that are that, that, that can score the ball at will, and that that'll leave some of that pressure away from Harden, away from Durant, where they can dish the ball and know that they're going to have somebody to score. That's a difference that the Pacers don't have. The Pacers don't have a player that they're going that another team is going to zone in on and try to stop, and 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 that's that that's the issue right now. Let's talk a little bit about the Warriors and the Suns. I mean, their rivalry just got a little bit more intense as the Warriors snapped their 18-game win streak. Uh, again, we've said that the road to the championship in the West goes through Golden State. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on the Warriors in, that, in, in the Suns game uh, last night? Yeah, I mean, you look on paper and you're going to see the Warriors in a blowout win. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it was without – it was without Devin Booker, and the Suns are a great team. Uh, they're a great, um, again, great bench players. You've got Mikel Bridges that plays well. You just you've got a lot of options on that squad. Um, and same with the Warriors. I mean, when you got Steph Curry, he is going to always be the best player on the court, no matter what. Let's just wait till they get Clay Thompson back, even though he's had an injury setback. Um, the Warriors are a team that's going to be tough to beat this year, um, and I can't wait to see them play Phoenix more in the playoffs. So uh, the Bucks bring back the, uh, veteran Matthews to 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 the to the plane. Uh, uh, I can't even talk today. Tell me what's wrong with my my tongue. But anyway, the the Bucks bring back veteran Matthews. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean they're going to get Demarcus Cousins as well. I mean that's just to kind of fill the vo- the void of some of the injuries that they've had. Um, you know, Brooke Lopez has been a viable option off the bench, but again, he's as old. He, he's pretty old, so you've got to get some guys that can get you quality minutes and. And, and, and that's what teams in the playoffs do. They get guys that can come in, and they're not going to be world beaters. They're not going to they're not going to come in and set the world on fire. But they're going to come and give you quality minutes. And they're going to come in and be a team that, or be be players that give you quality minutes that can get rebounds and, and, and play defense. And that's like teams like the Pacers that aren't going to be in the playoffs that they lack. You know, we talk about players that are going to, are always going to be, or at least right now, in the MVP uh, conversation. Uh, certainly, it's Stephon Curry, Kevin Durant, 
But Lamel Leo Ball, uh, you know, he's beginning to become in the conversation of the MVP conversations as well with Charlotte. What are your thoughts on him? We, we haven't really talked about a lot of him. We don't hear a lot about him, uh, but he certainly uh, got the numbers to back it up to, to quantify him being in the conversation of the MVP. I mean, you think about a couple of years ago, we were all making fun of, you know, the, the dad. We were all making fun of, of, of the dad. And, you know, he was saying how Lonzo and LaMelo are going to be the best players in the NBA. And, and, and both of these guys, you know, they're balling out. They're in the, you know, LaMelo's in the MVP conversation. If the Hornets were a little bit better of a team, if the Hornets were a team that was going to be a top four seed in the East, it would be a, a, a better conversation to have. Um, but until until they prove that they can be a consistent top four team, um, he won't be in the conversation. And at 13 and 11, uh, they're flirting with, they're flirting with, you know, 500 record. That's not going to put you in the MVP in, in the MVP race. Uh, but he certainly put up the numbers, like you said. You know, it is interesting how one one day the, the story's really hot. Everybody's talking about it, like the daddy shut up already. And it, it, now it just seems like that's was such an ancient an ancient story, if you will, that 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 happened. But I I had actually momentarily forgot about that. To you, you had brought uh, brought that up. Let's talk about some games on tap. Uh, let's start with the Nuggets and the Knicks today, one o'clock. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, one more time. Sorry, I didn't hear that. The, the games on tap. I'm talking about today. The Nuggets and the and the Knicks are uh, play at one o'clock. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know the Nuggets are a team that. They're good. We know they're good. They're a playoff caliber team, but they're 10 and 11, and they've been decimated by injuries. You've got Jamal Murray, who's out joking and missed a lot of games. Um, the Knicks are very good at home. Um, they struggle on the road. That should be a, a pretty good game of two teams that are trying to find their way and, and, and get to 500 to get away from the 500 record. Um, should be a nice little afternoon contest. It's where we get to see um, uh, NBA on a Saturday afternoon. And I mean, or in the afternoon at all, unless it's on Christmas or something like that. Uh, but also, uh, we've got the Bulls at the Nets. Uh, certainly, the Nets clearly dominant. Uh, Bulls have the good days and bad days, but I don't see that they have a path to win to, on the road against the Nets. Yeah, the Nets are fired all cylinders. The Bulls are in the middle of a road swing, and it's always tough to do. You know, they had a big game the other night in New York when they went down to the wire um, with the Knicks. So. You know, you, you, you kind of look at you kind of look at what exactly um, the Bulls are, and you've got Demar Derozan kind of playing out of his ass. So, um, you know, if, if he can keep that up, the Bulls are definitely a team um, that, that that could turn some heads. That's for sure. So the Heat are at the Bucks, as we've said through the East. Uh, it has to come through the the Bucks, possibly. Of course, we, we probably might be having that conversation with the Nets as well. But the Heat are at the Bucks tonight, eight o'clock. We thoughts? Yeah, the Heat on a back-to-back depleted. They had ten players last night, and they still beat the pace. That just shows you how bad. Um, that just shows you how bad the, the, the Pacers are. There were guys coming off the bench for the Heat last night uh, that I had never even heard of. So um, it should be a good game. The Boxer are, are, are finally starting to find their rhythm, and uh, we'll see what happens tonight. Big game, the, the Spurs, the Warriors tonight, 830. This is going to be a game that a lot of people are going to have fun watching. But, uh, again, 
We're talking about the Warriors. So, I mean, the Spurs, great team, but I think this is going to be a good matchup uh, for a good home win uh, for the Golden State. Yeah, I mean, they're, like we talked about, you know, they're um, they're the team to beat right now in the West. I mean, they, yeah, they made a statement last night beating the Suns and got one of the best records. And, you know, it, it might be a slow start to, for the Warriors tonight coming up the back-to-back last night. Um, at, in that in that big win over the Suns, but um, you know the Spurs are the Spurs are kind of like the Pacers. You know they they're they're kind of struggling to 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 get off the snide. And you know you look at a Spurs team that currently sits seven and thirteen on the year. It should be a big Warriors win. Always fun to watch these two teams get together, the Grizzlies and the Mavericks. Uh, they're you, I don't know if you would call them official rivalry, but they certainly come together and 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 have really good games when they play. Uh, the, the, the Mavericks are at home. They host the Grizzlies. This should be a good, fun game to watch if you're a basketball fan. Yeah, I mean, the Grizzlies are, are, are a pretty good team. And you look at the Western Conference standings when you're 12-10 and 10 sitting fourth, uh, you just got to pretty much play over 500. So uh, we'll see what happens. Um, John Morant's been playing really well. He's got to could be in the MVP conversation if, 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 this, uh, if, this, if this season continues in the direction that it's going. We've got the Celtics at the Blazers. Obviously, I don't know if this is much of a, of, a, of a distraction, if you will, but the Blazers do fire their general manager uh, and president. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be much of a distraction, but there's that to talk about with them as well. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, with, with having Damian Lillard out, that really hurts that team that was kind of just struggling to um, – just struggling to kind of find their rhythm. Uh, it's a team that, 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 you know, Dame Willard and CJ McCollum's having a great season. He's another guy that could be in the MVP conversation. Again, if they can get their record right, but you look at the Blazers sitting at 11 and 12 without Damian Lillard for at least a month, that's going to really, uh, really put a burden in the plans of the Blazers to move up. Boston on a, on a, on a Western conference road swing. Um, you know, they, they had a tough one last night in a barn burner against the jazz. Uh, so we'll see what happens tonight. I mean, the Blazers are still an okay team without Damian Lillard, but that certainly doesn't help their cause. The Clippers and the Kings tonight, 10 o'clock. Is that a game you want to stay up late on a Saturday night to to watch? Which one is that? Clippers and the Kings. You know, the Kings are a pesky team. You know, guys like Holmes and De'Aaron Fox, you know, they're, they're okay. They've obviously fired their coach. Um, big win last night. I get the Lakers. The Lakers are a team that's struggling mightily, um, even though they came in on Thanksgiving and blew out the Pacers. Um, not a game I'm going to stay up to watch, but should be Clippers by 10. You know, talking about the Lakers, how big of a distraction is LeBron James becoming for the Lakers organization? I mean, he's been he's been used to being, you know, treated with kid gloves. He's, now we've seen him fine. Now he's arguing and, and, and having issues with – with the virus, uh, the virus regulations, and he's, he's always on his soapbox. You hate to say this, but LeBron James is a great basketball player, but can he just – I mean, I, I feel like he's becoming more of a distraction for an already struggling Lakers team. He's not really being the leader off the court that he should be. Well, not even on the court for that matter. Yeah. Um and what Russell Westbrook's right in that conversation as well, right? Russell Westbrook's always mm-hmm. been a polarizing figure and a guy that, you know, plays well, but has a lot of times where he struggles, he turns over the ball, and he can't, he can't score buckets. So, um, 
just tough, just tough. I, 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 I don't know how, you know, obviously it's still a fresh taste in our mouth with LeBron did getting the fans kicked out. We, we never really found out exactly what the deal was or what was said, but at the end of the day, it's just like, holy crap, like, what are we doing with the Lakers? They don't have a lot of bench players. If those three, if their top three guys aren't playing well, they're going to struggle. And those top three guys have not played well so far, and that's why they've been struggling. Let's look at tomorrow's schedule. The Jazz are at the Cavaliers. Cavaliers are starting to turn things around. The Cavs are. Uh, they've won four straight. And the Jazz is, is certainly a very beatable team at home. Yeah, I mean, and they just played a barn burner last night with um, – they just put a bar burner last night against the Celtics. So, you know, it was 137 to 130. So um, that's a team that is a tough place to play. And they've got good players. But they rely a lot on their role players to um, to make it happen. And if their role players like Joe Ingles or Bojan Bogdanovic, who was here for a while, if they're not getting it done, then that team's going to struggle because Donovan Mitchell has proved that he can't really carry the entire load. And Rudy Gobert has been kind of inconsistent. So, um Tough for the Jazz. They should get a win tonight on the back-to-back. Talking with Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast, our official NBA contributor. We're talking NBA. Uh, tomorrow, the Wizards are at the, the Raptors. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, both teams are actually off to pretty good starts. You know, the Wizards, OG Ananobi, when he's healthy, he's played really – or sorry, for the Raptors, OG Ananobi played really well. Um, the Raptors, you know, they kind of won that trade as of right now, getting rid of Russell Westbrook, getting guys like Kyle Kuzma back. Montrez Harrell's been playing well. Bradley Beal can score. So um, I like the Wizards. That's one of the surprising teams so far in the NBA. Tomorrow also, tomorrow afternoon, 6 o'clock, the Hornets and the Hawks. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you got two really good two really good point guards, Trey Young uh, and, and LaMelo Ball. We talked about Trey Young still playing well. Came in here, got a win against the Pacers on Wednesday. Um, it should be a good game. Uh, probably one of the better games that we'll see tomorrow. And then tomorrow we've got the Pelicans and the Rockets. Yeah, Rockets um, actually playing pretty well, uh, which has been the first time we've been able to say that all season. Uh, Pelicans had a big win last night against a depleted Dallas lineup. Um, so, so two bad teams on a back-to-back. That should be a low-scoring affair. You know, you talked about probably one of the best-playing teams right now is the Wizards. They are at home. They are with the Pacers. Uh, yeah, they're at home here with the the Pacers here in Indianapolis on Monday. I mean, how does the how does the Pacers bounce back from a loss against Miami? They're struggling, and you've got a, a team that's playing very very well, as you just said with the Wizards. What kind of a matchup are we looking at on Monday night with the Pacers? Pacers need a win. I mean, they're desperate for a win. They've got to find a they got to find a way to get a victory, and and it's been tough. It's been. Uh, um, and it's just it's 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 they got to win they got to get a victory, and uh, no matter how you do it, whether it's Terrence Burke stepping up, whether it's Miles Turner and Demonis Sabonis, somebody's got to step up and take over. And you know, I think we talked about the Wizards. I think we we can directly connect the dots to what they did in the off season to what's happening now, from where they are were to where they are now. Wouldn't you say that that would be a, a major factor in, in their success right now is what they did in the off season? Yeah, absolutely, and, and that's that's kind of a key to a season is just getting those uh, getting those role players and those and those trades done early and, and getting that chemistry early, which the Pacers right now don't have. 
So you think that we're talking about the offseason moves, talk, talking about the Bulls earlier, uh, but the, the Bulls seem to make some really good offseason moves and, and make some uh, trades. And, and, and they've, they've got uh, Dia Razan. I always miss, miss, uh, say that name wrong. But uh, what are your thoughts on the, the Bulls? Where, yeah, where they were at, where they are now. Yeah, I mean, this is the Bulls franchise that, you know, really since the Derrick Rose era, and then they haven't really shown that they're a playoff contending team. And to get the Rose, Zach Levine, you've got some good players. Kobe White was a great draft pick, so you've got, you've got players that are, that are developing and learning for the veterans. So I like the way that the Bulls are structured over the next couple of years. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast has joined us today in our NBA segment. Tony, any final words of wisdom? And where can people find your work and masterpieces? What are you guys working on? Yeah, we're uh, working on a lot of racing stuff. You'll have a lot of betting stuff for me on Tony the Indy and Tony the Indy on Twitter. So we'll see what happens. All right, Tony, we appreciate you joining us. Have a good, good weekend, and we'll see what happens in downtown Indianapolis with Michigan and Iowa today. I hope for an Iowa upset. It would be that would be chaos, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll yep. talk with you soon. All right, take care. Tony Donahue, Tony D Podcast, joins us as our official NBA contributor. Adam was gonna stick around and he said he had something come up. Uh and uh, you know, normally we'd be transitioning into uh, the NFL talk. We're still gonna do that, but Ed's got caught up in a wrestling match. Uh the good thing is he had a booster, he didn't grow a third arm or anything, but he did he has fought, fell behind on the <laughs> uh, at a wrestling match. So he also does wrestling coaches. He's, he's, he's the jack of all trades, if you will. Swiss Army knife, if you will. My name is Tom Mark Purcell, President Day. Stick around. You and I are going to talk some NFL. Uh, and uh, take it home today. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. <laughs> National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. 
with over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, they're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. No. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's Fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is masa lekwa pique, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they? Investor philanthropists, do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and yeah, roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Right now, I just need you to get real loose. Get comfortable. Grab your loved ones or grab your love partner. And if you're by yourself, no worries. Just follow after me. Yeah. Gonna do the two-step, then cowboy boogie. Grab a sweet. And welcome back to The Balance. My name's Tom Marklis, El Presidente. Hope you're doing your get-up challenge. I don't know. Just get up and do something. Like get your black rifle coffee. I've got some right here next to me. I tell you what, that's a good coffee. Uh, I've got the, the Freedom Fuel, I believe, is what I'm drinking right now. The great thing about Black Rifle is when you buy a bag, you give a bag. 
I've got a friend who's in the uh, sons in the Navy, and that's all they serve on the ship that he's on is 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 black rifle coffee. It's, it's just as we look at Christmas this time of year, I think you know have great gift ideas. No better gift idea than to go to BlackRifleCoffee.com, uh, get them a, a gift card, let them go shopping in the Black Rifle store. They've got everything from cups, mugs, uh, what have you. Uh, of course, it, their coffee. It's, it's the best coffee I've ever had, and, and, and I'm not just saying that. Uh, but just so check out BlackRifleCoffee.com. My name is Tom Marcos, El Presidente. Thank you, Adam Jividen. Uh, for uh, helping us guide through the the big weekend of college football this weekend, uh, Rick Riggin off sick t- today. We're joking, calling it the hangover variant, uh, but uh, hopefully he gets to feeling better as well. And Tony Donahue from Tony D Podcast joined us and breaking down the NBA this week in the NBA and what's going on there, and certainly a lot of uh, big things to talk about and games to talk about there. Uh, you know, so. Tony Donahue with the Tony T Podcast. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles at SI.com, was scheduled to be with us in this segment. He got called up. Uh, he also coaches uh, high school uh, wrestling. Uh, so he got caught up in a wrestling match and unable to do so, uh, unable to join us, that is. So guess what? You are here with me. And, you know, we, we talk about it being a big week in college football, but this is also a big week in the NFL. And we're going to go through some of those NFL uh, standings and, and uh, you know, playoff pitchers scenarios, who's in, who's out. One of the things that I would say for the Indianapolis Colts fans is, you know, let's finish the season strong. I can't see a path that the Indianapolis Colts get to the playoffs. That's just me. That's just a thoughts pattern, but I can't see it. I, I definitely can't see it. And, you know, the thing about the NFL, it really is as unpredictable as it can be. And it, it, nothing has been more clear than that over the last 12 weeks. Uh, there have been 25 games uh, decided by a game-winning score in the final play uh, of, of the game. So if you think about that, that's basically half of the games have been decided at, at the at the end of the game. So let's talk a little bit about the AFC East, okay? It looks like, you know, we've got the Patriots, the Bills, the Dolphins, the Jets. Let's talk about the Patriots. What do we need to know about the Patriots? Well, absolutely nothing because, you know, as a Colts fan, talk about the Patriots, no. But the good thing about it is we're not talking about Tom Brady. But we were talking about him last week. And <laughs> I, I was really disappointed with the Colts. And the, and the Buccaneers game, because really the Colts had that in their grasp, and they let it get away. I, I don't blame anybody, but the whole Colts as a team, they beat themselves. And that can't happen when you're this into the season, and especially when you're, when you're buying for a spot in the, in the playoffs. But Tom Brady did what Tom Brady did when he uh, came to Indianapolis. So back on track here, the Patriots are the number two, to, two seed in the AFC since the Ravens beat the Browns in, in Sunday night football. They would have been the top seed if, if Baltimore had lost, uh, but the Patriots lead the AFC by a half a game. But face the Bills in the first two meetings, for the first of the two meetings next week, sorry about that. So this is a big test uh, for the AFC leaders. You know, both the Bills and, and the Patriots, we'll see uh, how that plays out, the remaining schedule. Uh, the Bills, and then the, the, they had the Bills this, this week, and they have the bye week, and then they have the Colts. 
uh, and, and then the Bills versus the Jags and the Dolphins. So the Buffalo Bills, talk about them, certainly had a convincing win over the, the Saints on Thursday. You cannot, uh, on Thursday, cannot deny that as far as where that goes. And I tell you what, my voice leaving me today, leaving me. <laughs> that's, that's why, you know, you should always be full of cough drops. <laughs> the New York Jets, a win over, over the Texans catapults the Jets into, the 14, into 14th in the conference. New York is still mathematically in the playoff race. If you want to say mathematically, that means, yeah, it can happen. Will it happen? I, I would say uh, they're, they're in a better battle for a top five draft pick. Certainly they, they have the Eagles and they have the Saints. So we'll see what happens. AFC North, Ravens, they have the number one seed after their win over the Browns on Sunday Night Football. Baltimore also leads Cincinnati by one game. So you got got to think that the Ravens are in the playoffs and the Ravens are going to win the AFC North. I don't see anything that tells me different. But the Steelers, uh, playoff chances, you know, Took a massive hit with the with a blowout against the Bengals. So the Bengals, come on. <laughs> well, we don't have Adam to talk about the Browns with us, but uh, you know the Browns lost to the Ravens Sunday Night Football. It kept it it, it got them out of the playoff picture. We're not going to be talking about the Browns being in the playoffs. I can't see that mathematically happening. The South, you know, here we are. Tennessee Titans have been a thorn in my side all year long. And I, I hate to root for a, per, a person to get hurt, but it, I thought, well, okay, now that Derrick Henry is out of the picture, we still have a, a chance. Well, to me, there's no chance at all this is going to happen. The, the Titans, you know, have a commanding first place in the AFC South. Even with a loss to the Patriots, Tennessee is still up two games in the division with five to play, and, to, and, and the Titans beat Indianapolis. So they have a tiebreaker there. The Titans are number three seed in the AFC, uh, falling out of the top spotlight. So they would be in the, they're going to be in the playoffs. Number three seed is as that would, would appear. Again, I go back to last week with the Colts. The Colts lost to the Buccaneers, put them – Back at 500, out of the AFC playoff race for now. Now, we talk about scenarios. The, the Indianapolis is 10th in the conference. The Colts are 10th, 10th in the conference, a half a game out of a final playoff spot. The Colts own the tiebreaker over the Steelers based on having a better win percentage in conference games. Pittsburgh is a winning has the winning tiebreaker over Cleveland puts Indianapolis ahead of Cleveland and Pittsburgh. So, some scenarios have to happen, but my math says we we don't have what it takes. Let's just say there's going to have to be a lot of moving parts. It's going to have to happen. First of all, Colts got to take care of business, okay? We just do what we do, got to get it done. We can't do anything if we don't win out. That's just the reality of it. And then we then the Indianapolis Colts are at the fate that of other teams, of things beyond their control, 
nothing they can do. And that's where my math comes in and says, well, the Colts are going to have a problem getting into the playoffs again because with the tiebreaker with the, with the Titans, you know, they're not going to win the division. So the only way they can get in is to help from other people winning and losing. So we're going to have to see how that plays out and see how other teams win and lose. Uh, but at the end of the day, <laughs> the Colts have to beat the Texans tomorrow. On paper, that should be an easy win because the Texans have been on the struggle bus all season long. Then we have the bye week. And then we have the Patriots. Never rule out the Patriots, even if they don't have Tom Brady. As we just talked about, they certainly have control of the AFC North. And then we we're at the, at the Cardinals. Uh, so that's it. There's, we, we're going to have to win out. Um, so we'll have to see how that plays out. Now let's talk about the Texans. Colts play the Texans tomorrow. Again, like I said, checking off boxes for the Colts. That's all we're doing each and every week. You win, you keep some hope alive. You, you haven't been taken off of life support just yet. You lose, the life support plug is full. So let's talk about the Texans. The Texans are 15th in the AFC standings, yet hold the tiebreaker over the Jaguars after beating Jacksonville in week one. They are in contention for a top five draft pick. They are not in contention for playoffs spot, but they can play root cause chaos for the Colts. Uh, so we'll see. Jacksonville Jaguars again. I don't. I don't know what. There's a lot to talk about. I mean, you know, again, they're going to land a top five draft pick. So I guess that's your season, and you, you can do a lot with a top five draft pick. You're not going to get the number one draft pick, but. Let's talk about the West. The Chiefs, to me, have been somewhat disappointing this year. They're a seven and four uh, team, uh, but you know they're they're just kind of not been playing what we've been used to watching Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs do. Uh, the Chiefs were idle this week and retained their AFC West lead as the result of the Chargers losing to the Broncos. Kansas City is currently the number four seed in the AFC uh, playoff race and will remain at that spot uh, heading into week 13. Uh, they, their remaining schedule is against the Broncos, the Raiders, and at the Chargers. And uh, so talk about the Chargers. Um, I was really encouraged about the Chargers. I thought, man, they, they've got their quarterback situation underway. But they had an opportunity and was blown for the Chargers in a blowout loss to the Broncos. Yet Los Angeles remains in a one in one of the wild card spots in part of, of a complicated tie-break break procedure so it kind of goes like this. Los Angeles wins the tiebreaker over Denver in Las Vegas based on the win percentage in the division games, which is why the Raiders are second in the division and number seven in the AFC. Remaining schedule, uh, the Bengals, Giants, Chiefs. So I don't know. If you're, if you're a betting man, let's just say you're not betting on – the, the, the Raiders to get to the playoffs. 
Let's talk a little bit about the NFC. You know, this, I wish that we would have had an add on for this as, um, hi, who's this? Hello, who's this? Uh, okay, 602 area code. Mike, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Who's this? Pastor Don Jr., CEO. How are you? I'm very well, sir. I was just listening to your programming, and I'm just an avid listener. I had to call in to tell you you're doing a great job. You're putting out the stats, the reports, and the real rules of the game. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. Where are you calling from? Uh, Mesa, Arizona. Oh, Arizona, okay. Yes, sir. It's very sunny and hot. (laughs) It's already (laughs) hot. Hey, at least you get to start watching football early on in the day. What do you think about your Cardinals out there? Well, the Cardinals, I'm not a big fan of the Cardinals, but they do contend very well. All right. We appreciate you calling us. Thanks for for listening to Share the Love, will you? Oh, yeah. But I'm a major Colts fan. I love the Colts. Oh, great. Great. Amen. What's it? Do you have a connection to Indianapolis? I used to. That's where I got ordained as a minister, and I used to actually live in Indianapolis. So oh, I'm a big Colts fan. I don't care if they last in the race. They number one in my book, always. <laughs> well, there you go. That's a sign of a true fan. Well, I hope you you enjoy your weekend, and, and hopefully the Colts get a win. And, and if, as long as they keep keep things alive, we can check out boxes. But, I, again, I think that the, the, the possibility of getting the playoffs is good. But I'm a true Colts fan as well, so <laughs> – you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I know. It, it, it's comical. All right, buddy. You have yourself a good weekend. Stay safe. You too. All right. Peace. Fan from Mason, Arizona. Avid fan. I didn't think anybody was listening to us. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the NFC. Uh, we're going to get, talk a little bit about the Cowboys of Washington. But another disappointing season is the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll get to them here in just a moment. Uh, the Cowboys were upset by the Raiders on Thanksgiving, but maintained their commanding lead in the NFC East. Thanks to the Eagles uh, falling to the Giants. Dallas is the number four seed in the NFC playoffs heading into week 13. Now, the remaining schedule is – at the Saints, at Washington, and at the Giants. Uh, and Washington versus the Cardinals at the Eagles. Washington football team, come on, let's all get together and come up with a good name for them. The Washington Variants, maybe? No. Oh, wrong show, right? Oh, come on. You saw the humor in that. I guess the Washington team could change their their – their name every four years, maybe, <laughs> to, to reflect what's going on in Washington. Uh, but all, in all seriousness, side, they're the number seven seed in the NFC uh, over its win uh, in its win over Seattle Monday night. Washington is tied with Atlanta and Minnesota for the final playoff spot, but holds the tiebreaker over Atlanta and Minnesota based on best win, per, based on best win percentages of conference teams. Since Atlanta beat New Orleans, that eliminates the Saints from the tiebreaker situation, who also has a 5-6 and six record. Now, the remaining schedule at the Raiders versus the Cowboys, at the Eagles, and then Cowboys versus the Eagles at the Giants. Talk about the Eagles. Uh, and I, I certainly good friends uh, with Ed Kratz, Pete Ryder for the Philadelphia Eagles. Talk often with him. Big fan uh, of the Eagles and live vicariously through uh, 
uh, Ed and the Eagles. So know a little bit about the Eagles. Uh, any outside chance of the Eagles winning the NFC East are gone. That's with abolished with the loss to the Giants on Sunday. What a disappointing loss that was. That was. Philadelphia, the Eagles remain two and a half games behind Dallas in the division, and the Eagles took a huge hit in their, in their wild card hopes, too. The Eagles fell to 11th in the NFC playoffs, uh, but are still a half a game behind Washington for the final playoff spot. There is a chance, but there again, got to go to work, check out boxes, and make it happen. Uh, so their remaining schedule at the Jets, at, they have the bye week, and then uh, Washington, and then Giants at Washington versus Cowboys. Uh, so talk about a little bit about the Giants. Their season is not dead, uh, not, not dead yet anyway, with an upset win over the Eagles. The, the New York is a game out of the playoff spot in the NFC, yet the Giants are 13th in the conference standing, win a tiebreaker over the Bears based on a, a better conference win percentage. So at the Dolphins, remaining schedule at the Chargers, and then the Cowboys at the Eagles versus the Bears in Washington. Packers, we like to talk about some Packers and the cheese, Andrew. Why do I got Andrew on my mind? Do we do we want Andrew to come back? Am I uh, giving some sort of uh, mental telepathy to uh, Andrew? Can you bring us back some luck? You see what I did there? Okay, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's, he's putting up some good fantasy stats, but we, we got we got to maybe think about Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers. There's <laughs> there's no love there, and you know. Jordan came in and played some pretty decent uh, football before, while Aaron was hurt. But the Packers extended their NFC lead, NFC, I'm sorry, NFC North lead, uh, with a big win over the Rams in Week 12. Compiled with the Vikings' loss to 49ers, Green Bay is the number two seed in the NFC, a half a game behind Arizona for the top spot. The remaining schedule is a, they're on a bye week. This next week, tomorrow, they're on the bye. Uh, so if you've got Aaron Rodgers in your fantasy football, you might want to check that out because he's on the bye, not going to play. So you kind of have to put in your alternate court, quarterback uh, there. Uh, but uh, And then they've got the Bears and the Ravens. And then the Browns versus the Vikings at the Lions. Moving on to the Vikings. You know, the Vikings are the number eight seed in the NFC playoffs. After the loss to the 49ers Sunday, thank the Eagles and Panthers for also falling in Week 12. How do the Vikings own the number eight seed over the Falcons and the Saints? All three teams are five and six records. Well, Minnesota owns the tiebreaker over Atlanta based on best win percentage conference games, and the Falcons own the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Saints. The Vikings lost the tiebreaker to Washington for the number seven seed due to the Washington having a better conference record. Can you figure out the math? It's hard to find. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Remaining schedule for the Vikings at the Lions versus Steelers at the Bears versus the Rams at the Packers. Let's talk about the Bears. The Bears! You know, the Bears are one game out of the final playoff spot in the NFC, yet are 14th in the conference. The Giants actually are a game out out two and on a better conference record over the Bears, thus holding the tiebreaker. Uh, the remaining schedule is versus the Cardinals at the Packers, the Vikings at the Seahawks, and Giants versus the Vikings. Let's talk about the, the Lions. Rick Riggin, his team, 
our college football prognosticator uh, who is out sick today. He's a Detroit Lions guy. Uh, but the Lions still don't have a win after Thanksgiving loss. They're in prime position for the number one draft pick. Have they mailed it in? I don't know. According to Rick, they haven't. <laughs> and you would you would hate to think that no team has mailed it in. We'd always like to say that. Mailed it in. They mailed it in for the top draft pick. You know, we, we were talking we're talking about that a little bit with the Broncos. They're not going to get the top draft pick anyway. So, you know, the Lions. That's their hope. <laughs> that's their glimmer of hope. Uh, I, I'd hate to use the word mailed it in, but let's be real. Let's be real. They're not going to beat the Vikings. They're not going to beat the Broncos. They're not going to beat the Cardinals. And you had the Falcons versus the Packers. Yeah, None of that's going to play in their favor. So I predict here and now on December 4th, uh, 2021, on a Saturday at uh, – almost 11 o'clock in the morning, that the Detroit Lions get the number one draft pick for the 22 uh, NFL draft season. I digress. The NFL South. Well, here we go again. Who are we talking about? Tom Brady. Just It doesn't matter what jersey he's wearing. <laughs> Tom Brady. And until somebody tells me different, this guy is going to be, well, obviously, clearly, a an M, a uh, a uh, Hall of Famer, but we could be having a conversation in our lifetime of the best quarterback of all time. Granted, times to play, we could get into that conversation, of, you know, in all sports, you know. But at at the moment, you got to have the conversation. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time, and unfortunately, it's that he, that he's you know Peyton Manning's retired. That would have been his closest contender for best of all time in my in my thoughts of all time. But there's a lot of good quarterbacks out there that you know played in different times and different eras that were great in their time. But let's talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We know they got the win over the Colts, which extended the Buccaneers' lead over the Saints in the NFC South. Tampa Bay is number three in the NFC standings, a game behind Arizona for the top spot in the in the conference. They have left. They are at the Falcons versus the Bills, Saints, Panthers, and at Jets versus Panthers. Uh, Falcons. What do we need to know about the Falcons? The Falcons are number nine in the NFC playoffs after beating the Jaguars and then taking advantage of, of many NFC teams falling in week 12. They own the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Saints, but they aren't the number six number seven seed due to the conference tiebreaker going to Washington first, then the Vikings. So remaining schedule for the uh, Buccaneers at the Panthers, at the 49ers versus the Lions at Bills versus the Saints. And then, you know, we talk about the Saints. They're not going anywhere. They're, They're five and six, a very disappointing season. They've had their ups and downs. I get it. Uh, you know, but they've just, you know, we, we could even say a lot like the Colts, uh, uh, be good or be bad, but don't be mediocre. And that's exactly what the Saints are right now. A, a loss to the Bills on Thanksgiving put the Saints out of the NFC playoff picture. The Saints are now in the number 10 conference after their fourth straight loss, losing tiebreaker to Washington conference record and the Vikings conference record and the Falcons head to head 
the head-to-head loss to Atlanta eliminates New Orleans from math from a three-way tiebreaker on conference records. So enough said about the Saints. Saints go marching out. Panthers. Christian McCaffrey just killed my fantasy league. Can I put a blame on Christian McCaffrey? And they, they bring back Cam Newton, and Cam Newton's now playing. <laughs> Panthers fall to the 12th in the NFC playoff race after their loss to the Dolphins, losing a head-to-head tiebreaker to the Eagles for the 11th. They are still half a game out of the playoff spot. Of course, the remaining schedule uh, this week, they're on a bye. Uh, again, you've got Christian McCaffrey uh, or anybody else, then that's who you, who you have. It. So we don't really have a lot of t- more time to break down everything. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente. Uh, thank you, Adam Jevedin, for uh, uh, joining us uh, today, uh, breaking down the college football. College football action here in Indianapolis, uh, Michigan, and Iowa. If Iowa pulls this win off, well, chaos will ensue. But uh, have a good weekend. Thank you, Adam Jim, and thank you, Tony Donahue, for the Tony D podcast. We'll get that up uh, here soon. Uh, the podcast up, and and also his social link to his social media. Ed Kratz, wish you could have joined us, Rick. Rick, and I hope you're feeling better. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente. We'll see you next week. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at T Balance and on the Facebook. My name is Tom Marquez, El Presidente. Don't drink and drive. It ain't cool. I'm out of here. Deuces. Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com.